Viv and Nectar podcast episode 253. Today's topics are going to be ranging from the tragic loss of Takeoff in, earlier this week to Drake and 21 Savage. Her loss album goes stupid, ballistic, best Drake album and 21 in the past five years. And first impressions, we're definitely going to be diving into that. Then to end off today's episode, One Piece chapter 1065, the momentum in the series, I'm telling y'all. It keeps getting better. It keeps increasing. And we're going to be talking about bits of the void century, genetics. And we'll, when we get there in the episode, we'll get there. So to start off, November 1st, we tragically lost takeoff to a gunshot, a gunshot to the head. And this, was, this one definitely hurt me. And condolences to the family. It hurt seeing you know, the video being um, spreading around the media like wildfire body being shared from the fact that tragically it happened right in front of Quavo, the whole situation at hand. Just, it definitely hurt. One thing that I want to speak on, because I don't want to give us, yeah, I don't want to give on speech on how rappers need to move better. If you're a millionaire, why are you even being affiliated in certain areas? Because at the end of the day, you can't be perfectly safe in this world, whether you're rich, whether you got bread, whether you're a rapper or not. You know, at the end of the day, Life is unpredictable. You, you could go take a drive to the store. There could be a car accident. I don't want to get too caught up in this tangent. But one thing that I would like to say to y'all, my audience, is to be aware of the area that you're in, whether it's the room, whether you outside, just be aware of where you're at and how much control do you have of the environment? Are you aware of anybody that might potentially have any straps? Do you know the kind of people? Are they, you know, are, do you not know them? Are they a little acting stupid? At the moment, what's being discussed? What games are we played? Is there money at stake? What's the environment like? And based on the environment, judge the way you move, judge where you go, because when you got money or not, you know, stupid people are going to make stupid actions. And unfortunately, a life was lost. You know, condolences to take off Quavo. Definitely, you know, seeing your own nephew, everything that happened right there. It's, it's just tragic to see, man. And me being a fan of the Migos since 2013 when Young Rich Niggas, the tape drop. What was it? Chirpin, Hannah Montana, Versace. I've been a fan since 2013. So throughout the years, seeing the progression, the evolution, the good music, the hits, the, you know, the music that's just been able to carry me throughout these years. And, you know, to see, not just for the fact of, wow, we lost one of the group, but take off someone who was pivotal in that, who's known to have some of the sharpest deliveries, sharpest flows. And listen, there has been this thing for, it's been around for a couple of years, like, oh, you know, people decide who's the best Migo, who's the best with the bars. But I remember all the way back since 2013, y'all already knew with Takeoff, Takeoff gave the best bars. And yeah, man, so... I'm not going to be constantly updating on the situation. I just want to speak on it from the fact that this one definitely, you know, there's a certain amount of attachment with the music, me growing up with Amigos. And it just, you know, it hurt, man. It hurt. Now, going on from here, Drake, 21 Savage, her loss, 16 tracks, collaborative album. It has exceeded my expectations in every possible way. I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating this. I think I spoke with y'all. When it comes to Drake and his music, I got to limit my expectations just because of this moment, this space we're in with Drake, if I set him too high, I'm just going to be disappointed. But with that, y'all y'all know I enjoyed Certified Lover Boy. Y'all know that. Honestly, never mind. 
eh, honestly, never mind. Haha, <laughs> we get the joke behind that. But this, her loss, yeah, we getting that. We're getting that if you're reading this, it's too late. Bravado energy from Drake. Um, we had to, because of course, adding the fact that it's with 21 Savage, the four tracks they have collaborated on being Sneak In, Mr. Right Now, Knife Talk, and Jimmy Cooks, being some hard hitting bangers. Mr. Right Now, more on a melodic sign, fun to sing to, and to have a whole album with these two high expectations. Expectations were still blown out. Coming in at 16 tracks, I felt I felt that's a good amount of tracks to be real with y'all. You know, that nice 14 to 16, maybe maybe even like, you know, that 12 to 16 is a solid area where I believe albums don't overstay themselves unless, you know, we're talking about like masterpieces. But the amount of beat switches is something that caught me by surprise. Whether we're talking about in the beginning when we have Rich Flex, whether we're going on from there with the track with uh, Travis Scott, Pussy, and Millions. And then to go on to, what was it? Was it? Nah, it wasn't Major Distribution, but Major Distribution, crazy, by the way. Crazy. Yeah, 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 it was Major Distribution. Major Distribution being another one's and Broke Boys. Yeah, you know, beat switches, you got to be careful not to overdo them because it loses like that impact if you're constantly expecting a beat switch, but the way Drake has been able to, Drake and 21 Savage capitalize on the beat switches. The fact that they're also like, I wouldn't say complete opposites, but the fact that they both have like this good yin and yang pattern of Drake, you know, when he get his singing bag, singing bag and 21 bringing him hard hitting murder raps just goes hand in hand perfectly. Yo, so start off Rich Flex. Yo, that's it. definitely a flex. A grand intro to the album. Major Distribution. When I listen to Major Distribution, I feel like I'm in a Fast and Furious movie. Not, not five and up. I'm talking about like Fast and Furious 3, Tokyo Drift. That's how I'm feeling when I'm listening to the track. I'm BS, Back Outside Boys. Like these four, first four tracks are grand introduction. Love the fact that we get Drake and 21 in these first four tracks. Because as you go throughout the album, I can't necessarily say it's a bad thing. I'm going to let this age a bit. But we definitely get a lot more Drake in comparison to 21 Savage. I believe it's like about 75% Drake, 25% 21. And I know Hip Hop Numbers has official numbers on that. I'll double check with y'all for that. And I believe hip hop numbers also, he had the numbers for what a time, what a time to be alive with future and Drake. And it was 55% Drake, 45% future. So a good balance over here. We definitely get a lot more Drake on this album, but this is a Drake we haven't seen in years. So I was just like, oh yeah, I keep it. let's keep it going. We're going to be getting this Drake. We're having a Drake sounds hungry, petty. He's on his bullshit, we're going like on the track on BS. We're we're emphasizing the fact that this is her loss. And yo, I'm going to be real with y'all. Drake really did sound hungry on this. Whether we're enjoying the petty shots he has at various people, we ain't trying to play it too safe, trying to be nice. We ain't trying to be the certified lover boy at all times here. So I'm loving the little petty shots, giving a little bit of spice throughout this album. And to go on from there, the one-time sample that was on Spin About You, Threw me off. I was just like, okay, going with the speed, going with the pacing. Does it work? Let me tell y'all, it does work. Hours in Silence being a track that's six minute and 40 seconds, a majority of it being Drake, actually held me up pretty good. I'm loving the bridge on this track. Term, 
turn my bitch up, turn my bitch up, repeating it, going over and over. It's feeling like an anthem. Hey, yo, city boys, city boys. No, I'm not going to go with the city boys thing. Um, Male, females, definitely going to be enjoying this album. And that's one of Drake's biggest strengths. Biggest strengths is being able to make music that both genders can listen to. Like, we could, it ain't like, oh, it isn't just a female anthem or a man or a boy anthem. Nah, like both genders, like you have tracks that both going to be going crazy over. And loving the little bit of 21 we got on there. Now to get 21 some more love, he definitely stole the show on whenever he's featured 21, you feel the impact. Now, major distribution, ridiculous. So is Rich Flex. But I want to give him the utmost credit for Broke Boys, more M's. And let me tell y'all, 3 a.m. on Gledwood by 21 Savage was beautiful. Basically, a summary of 21's career for the, I would like to say career for the most part, just his mindset going off from past traumatic events, the way he's handling himself, himself evolving throughout his career. And to have one of Drake's signature track titles throughout these albums, whether we're talking about, you know, 5 a.m. in Toronto, so on and so forth, to have 3 a.m. in Glenwood which I assume to be a Drake track, be all 21 Savage, sort of following that Drake blueprint. Definitely, like, 21 definitely leveled up with this right here. Great performance. Going on into the following track, I guess it's Fuck Me by Drake. Beautiful outro, reminded me something from like the Take Care, Nothing Was the Same era. And I just want to speak about this too. I feel that Drake, Got in his young thug bag for certain tracks. Back Outside Boys, if you, that first beginning of Back Outside Boys reminded me of Young Thug. There was another track on here that right now I'm just not getting at the moment, but Drake is getting a little bit of that Young Thug vocal, which I enjoy continuing to change things up. Pussy and Millions with Travis Scott. I mean, Beat Switch, Crazy. Travis Scott did his thing on there. Middle of the Ocean, which honestly... Middle of the Ocean was the kind of track you expect to be titled 3 a.m. on Glenwood. That's, that's the kind of Drake we get on there. Extremely a self-reflective, conscious throughout those moments. The most lyrical and bard-heavy track on the album. And I love the blend of bangers. I love the blend of, you know, sort of that R&B space, melodic space. And both of them being able to go around this dynamic of being aggressive, being fast-paced, slowing things down becoming introspective, slowing things down to where we could get through the lyricism, the environment being painted, the mindsets, you know, sort of their, whether they're bragging on their success or the obstacles that it took to achieve this. Amazing. Her laws, yo, I'm talking, this shit, I've been spinning it nonstop. I've been loving it. This was my first impressions. We're going to, we're going to be talking about this album some more, some more. Right now, I believe Drake and 21 Savages, her loss is aiming for the number one spot with about 335 to 350,000 units sold first week. Y'all know my stance on this. First week numbers ain't everything, but we also enjoy to see the first week numbers. Now, going on from there, going on from there, One Piece chapter 1065, man. I feel out of breath. Like, I don't even want to speak on this no more. I'll be real, y'all. Like, we done. We're done here. Now, let's get right into it. I said earlier we get information of the Void Sentry, and we do. But before we get there, I'm just going to briefly cover certain, what I believe, important points to discuss before we get to that. 
for starters, I forgot the name of his. I forgot um, what was it? I forgot his name, but the guy that like goes into his mud and he helped Luffy whenever he got knocked out the island that we theorized. Oh, he's on the ship. The Straw Hats are going to get him. He got captured. Straw Hats had him in the barrel. Well, they're again, they're fully aware. Zoro and Brooke, they're telling him like, hey, the agreement was we'll drop you anywhere uh, away from Wano. Ends up being a government island. And Zoro saying, I heard you helped our captain out. Appreciate it. See you around. I, I found that, you know, that comedic relief, that comedic one piece sense of humor. I love whenever we get this. Having the Straw Hats, Nami... <laughs> Um, God Usopp freaking out over escalators, something that me and you find to be ordinary. It's funny, especially seeing as how they seen a literal ship, the ship NOUs. They seen that basically fly, I want to say. Like out of all the things they've seen from like the pacifist does to devil fruit abilities, the stairs are moving. Appreciate the little things. And even looking sort of the art, of the chapter. Again, I'm enjoying the tropical settings with the mix of like advanced machinery, scenery, and even having a wall that's sort of holographic at one point, but then physical. And then there's this moment you see like Sanji sticking his head out and like the curiosity of them. It's like they, there's like they're little kids right now, like, yo, we're having fun with all these, not even toys, but inventions. Now, this is a bit of a setup. And we gotta enjoy it. We can't have all the Vegapunks just being peaceful right now. They tested the Jembe Seraphim. That's at 98%. That's something to take notice of here. This Seraphim, this Jembe Seraphim wasn't at 100%. It was at 98%. Of course, Lunarian, Black Wings, Dark Skin with the Fire. And even though this Seraphim is a kid, it's still a full-size Jembe, which then goes into the fact of, does the world government want Bonnie? Because they want to use Bonnie to age up these seraphims into their full adult forms, where I want to say they're stronger, where they're more developed, potentially. That's a theory. It ain't a, it ain't a mind blowing theory, but that's something to think about as this goes on. So you know, Jinbei and the Star Hats they go back and forth. He's shooting the beam. They 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 tripping real quick. They're like, "Yo, there's a trap." We were trusting this Vega Punk, and for a bit. We have the Seraphim showing off. You know, we got the little beam blast. Everybody freaked out. But once the Straw Hats got more calm, collected, the Seraphim about to get murdered, murdered, destroyed, slaughtered. And it has a devil fruit. Initially, I was a bit confused as to what devil fruit it was, just because they don't really say what devil fruit it is. However, we do have Frankie saying, hey, I know that ability. Now, whether that is from, what was it, Sir? Pink is his name. That's what I've heard around. Potentially it's reminiscent to his devil food ability. We'll find out. But it sort of makes sense. Jembe, Seraphim Jembe, having that ability, sort of being a fishman, Lunarian, being able to swim around on land. That's pretty overpowered. Now, Sanji, I'm going to be real with y'all. This could have been just Sanji giving him the beats with the kicks. It would have been a done deal. The fact that everybody started hopping on. Like I said, this Seraphim was about to kick, get killed. Now, Dr. Vegapunk making sure like, yo, we got to get out of here. Like, we got to get Seraphim out of here. We can't have him dying on us. And it took the Frankie beam to get to that point, even though I felt like Sanji, Sanji would have whooped him. The beam catching the attention of Vegapunk Edison. Loving that fact, because we done seen the Straw Hats, the kicks and everything. But it's like, yo, it's the beam. Somebody else is able to use a beam. We haven't put the Seraphim through the laser test. So we got to, when I read that, I was just like, wait, 
So after everything is a laser test. So is laser the weakness for all of them? Is that it? Have we cracked the code? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But continuing off of there, we get the fact that Edison, of course, putting a stop to that. They don't want the Seraphim to get damaged. Of course, we get introduced to Pythagoras. And this is a Vegapunk. I'm assuming handles all the data, so on and so forth. And then I forgot the name of the other... um, What was it? I forgot her name, which... Punk 6. There we go. But she's in charge of eating, sleeping, and using the bathroom for the Vegapunks, which I found to be weird how, how that works. So, for starters, how are their bodies... How are their bodies connected in this way to where if one uses the bathroom, all the other ones get relief. If one eats, all the other one gets relief. That's um, We got some mind-blowing stuff going on from there. She knocked out. And then we get... I don't want to say the OG yet because they could pull they could pull a Nagato on us. Six Pass of Pain. Then we got Nagato. We got the six Vegapunks. And we still got the main one somewhere. But Logic, Vegapunk, Shaka. The big dog, the OG, the one that looks like he got the coolest Destiny skin. You know, telling the Seraphim, that's enough. And to this point, you know, you must be the Straw Hat Pirates. When he says that to them, I'm like, you know this. Like, we gained this little bit of exposition. Like, that's a... And then Sanji pissed off at the fact that they're all stuck with the glue to give you some context over here. And so discussing all of these events to get to the real juice of this. So, by the way, Frankie's super hype with everything that's going on, giving Vegapunk a lot of praise. And as he gives this praise, Vegapunk emphasizes the fact that all of this over here, everything he's invented, everything he's structured, even though it appears to be future-like, it isn't from the future. And to give you the exact quote, it's actually quite the uh, contrary. This is an island of the past. Frankie being confused and even asking, what do you mean by past? Well, if I were to tell you that long ago, there was once a highly advanced kingdom, Shaka speaking, not unlike Egghead when it comes to technology, a civilization from 900 years ago, would you believe me? Yo, based on everything that's seen, hell yeah. And then we get... We get a picture of a giant mech. A giant mech. Luffy, of course, excited to climb on it. End chapter. Getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And to, you know, really clean this up. We get revelations that the Agent Kingdom in the Void Century was technology, as far as the technology, was way ahead of everything currently in the world and even of Vegapunk's, um, Vegapunk's inventions. And based on the way Vegapunk views his own invention and his own work, always downplaying himself, always making it seem like it's not even good enough. And to even emphasize the fact that everything he's made is something based off the past goes to show you just how ahead the Agent Kingdom was in the Void Century. And the fact that in this One Piece world, it's sort of, I wouldn't say things are playing catch up. But I'm under the impression the world government is definitely, I'm pretty sure it's obvious, has been restricting technology to the entire world to keep them in control. Seeing as how we've seen the panels with um, Enel going into the moon, the various bits of technological advancements with pacifistas and other things, the world government gatekeeping a lot of technology and the void century was extremely advanced, which begs the question, how did they lose what happened? Was there any kind of betrayal? Was M potentially linked 
with um, any of the leaders of the ancient civilization? Was it like, you know, some deep rooted plan? Hey, we don't know right now, but we do know that all of this, for the most part, it ain't that advanced. It's from the past. And then it goes on to show, you know, Vegapunk being able to make artificial devil fruits, linking a lot of the things to, you know, science to a certain extent. Doesn't it, you know, there's a possibility devil fruits could have been engineered through science. OG devil fruits. Who knows? Or even the manner of that came to be. Man, this is so much, so many things to really be mindful of now that we're getting official confirmation of this. And to see like a mech giant and we're continuously seeing giants being like the cream of the crop when it comes to revelations, whether we're getting this mech giant or it's all the way back in Thriller Bark the giant straw hat that's in M's castle, which we're theorizing at the moment could have been the previous Joy Boy. There's a strong ties, strong, strong emphasis on giants and the ancient civilization and just, you know, exactly the way everything potentially went down. One Piece chapter 1065 from the introduction of Jembei Seraphim to the confirmation that the Void Sentry was a tentacle technological advanced civilization way ahead of everything we've seen so far to potentially an extent where space travel was probably casual, seeing as how we've seen the civilization on the moon and how Enno was able to get the blueprints for the ship where he was at. Wild stuff. That's it, Vivinector Podcast episode 253. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you guys on the next one.